Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 2. Here's Pastor Ryan. That's Romans chapter 2, beginning in verse 12. And Father, we thank you again this morning for your goodness in our lives. Lord, you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Lord. Your wonders are known throughout the world, throughout history, Lord. And we're just so grateful that you've adopted us as your children to be a part of your family. It's true, Lord, you took us from nowhere, Lord. You took us while we were lost and and dying in our ways. But you had mercy on us, Lord, and saved us. And we're just grateful this morning. We ask that you would pour out your spirit upon us, overflowing, Lord. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So, Lord, speak to us through your spirit. Pour out your grace, Lord. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say amen. All right. So as you know, in Romans chapter 2, Paul has been talking about God's righteous judgment upon uh, those in humanity who would reject the reality of God in their lives. Uh, God tells us through Paul that man has the capacity to perceive that God is real. All men, all of creation. Uh, They know it in the goodness of their lives and the things that they experience. They experience good things in their lives. Family, friends, loved ones, food, clothing. Mind you, these are those who don't believe in God, who reject Him. They see God, He's perceived in nature and how beautiful creation around them is. And yet they reject God. And so... Because of their rejection of him, because he is perceived by them, God's wrath upon them is just. And that is what he's saying. He's trying to uh, paint the whole world under uh, condemnation for their own sins so that the righteousness of God's judgment is secure or made known. Um, And that is the gospel. The gospel is the good news in which the world realizes that without God, there's no salvation. That there is no deed that they can do to make them good enough to enter into heaven. And so Paul is, or God through Paul, is sharing that everyone is guilty because they, they do know that God is real. But they reject him because they want to live for themselves. They don't want to come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen? But to believers in Christ, God gives eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, indignation, and wrath, and tribulation, and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also to the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. And so now Paul is bringing in the Jewish brethren, those who, uh, the Jews, the religious Jews who were raised uh, in, in the synagogue, raised knowing the law of Moses, 
God is saying there's no difference. Everyone's going to be judged the same. There is no partiality. That brings hope, though. That brings hope because God is fair. And not all of us are born in a religious background. Not all of us were born Jewish with the, with, uh, the oracles and the precepts and the miracles and the stories of Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Not everybody has that. And then in the Gentile world, they're also without excuse because God says everyone can, knows him, perceives him, but they reject him. So his condemnation is for, is, it goes across the board which will lead to, but Jesus, but Jesus, but Jesus can save us. Amen? Amen. All right. So in verse 12, it says, for as many as have sinned without the law, that's the Gentile world, for as many as have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law, for not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. And so those who do not know the law, the Gentile world, God is saying that they're going to be judged without the law. In other words, they're not going to be held responsible for the Mosaic law, knowing all the precepts, because they weren't raised that way. They were raised uh, living a life um, just according to their own ways, but not having those precepts, those laws, that tradition. But to the Jew they are going to be judged according to the law because they were raised in it. And we're speaking of um, the religious Jew. And this would have been an eye-opener for the religious Jew. Because a religious Jew would agree with Paul that those without the law will perish. For they, the, the religious Jew believes that the hated Gentile will not see heaven because they don't have the law of God. But the challenging thing for the Jew, and this is what Paul is, is, is saying to them, that they will be judged according to the law. It'll be strict for them. And, and that would be a shock to them because they feel justified simply because they are Jews and traditionally, heritage-wise, are brought up that way. But here Paul is saying, no, you're going to be judged very strict according to the law of God. And we know what Jesus did when he spoke to um, the Pharisees and kind of opened up that whole truth to them, that it wasn't just about them keeping rules and laws, but it was about the heart of the matter. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 and 28, Jesus said, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so um, God goes deeper than just being a religious Jew. He goes deeper um, than just being a moral Gentile. No one's uh, guilt free. There's not one that does good. No, not one. And that's what Paul is is getting at and here he says in verse 13 for not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God but the doers of the law will be justified and when God gave the oracles the ten commandments and all of the precepts and the the father spoke of it the prophets that law was given to them to teach them how to live perfect before God but it was 
on the basis of their faith in him, their relationship with him. So what are those laws worth to the Jews if their heart wasn't for God? God cares about the heart. God wants them to have a faith relationship with him from the beginning. Even in the Old Testament, it, it was the rules and the regulations that would help them live life God's way. But God always intended it to be the spirit of the law, that they would love him and love others, that they wouldn't seek to be justified by the law because he taught them how to live perfectly, yet none of them can keep it. And so that would bring the whole world to a place of bowing down, saying, Lord, in desperation, we need your help. We can't live according to your perfect ways. You see, that's what the law was supposed to do. And so this would have been shocking for the Jew. Like you're saying that we're going to be judged strictly. And so this, would, this is Paul's way of just letting um, the religious Jew know that they're in need of a Savior. That they're guilty like everybody else. And he said, for not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of of God, but the doers of the law are justified. And just like God desires, you know, the Jews, his people according to the flesh, to have a, a relationship with him that's real. God desires that we too have a relationship with him that's real. That's not one that just hears the word and does nothing with it, but that we are a people that hear his truths and respond to it. James says the same thing, does he not, to, to Christians. In James 1, 21 uh, through 25, he says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. And so we know that we are saved by faith in Jesus Christ, by the grace of God, not of works. But our works tell the world around us that we're saved. Our works tell everyone around us that our hearts have been changed by God. And that's what James says, to be a doer. Don't just be a hearer. Let people see that the change has happened within you. And it's sobering for us to receive this morning that word from the Lord. Does our outer actions express what has taken place inwardly? Or have we become religious and we just have garnered a routine? God wants it to be fresh and alive and that our works would show that we're different. And I think every day we should, you know, really challenge ourselves as to if these things are taking place in our lives. Lord, can others see that I've been saved? I mean, there are many things that tell that we've been saved. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, goodness. God desires fruit in our lives and he, he wants the world to see that we're different. And some of us, you know, may need to take that step of really self-examining ourselves whether or not we're displaying that we've been changed. I think it begins at the foot of the cross always, every day, daily, just spending time with the Lord 
and letting his love and his ways fill our hearts as we pray, as we study him. And that should inevitably show outwardly what, what is going on in our lives. We want the world to see that we love them, that we want them to come to know him. We want the love to be displayed here in our church amongst ourselves, which we do. There's so much love, but there's so much more to be done, and it's not the time to, to sit around and, and not do much. Let, let your hands and your feet and your mouth and let everything about you be used for the glory of God and seek the Lord as to how you can be used by him because they need to see our works. It can't just be all talk. You know, we can't make excuses for ourselves and, and take ourselves out of the game, but really, you know, get off of the, the sidelines and, and get into it. And the Lord will show you how that looks like. He'll, you know, open up ways for you to, to display it. And, and, and it begins at home with loving one another, loving your wife, loving your husband. If you're single, being holy unto the Lord, using your singleness unto him, loving your children, raising them up in, in the way they should go. All of those things is, is you being a doer of the word of God. But then also, how do I serve in my church? How do I help the brethren out? How do I share my faith with the lost? All of those things will show people that we've been regenerated. And, you know, the lack of works can almost say the opposite, right? You, you wonder why some people never do anything. And it, it's not a good place to be because it shows the opposite. If you've been saved, why don't you do anything? We see in our gospel Jesus moving about and, and doing good works and the apostles and the disciples and the church. They're all moving. They're all getting involved. And so um, we need to be um, doers of the law, not just hearers of it for when gentiles who do not have the law here the gentile world who, who who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law these although not having the law are a law to themselves who show the work of the law written in their hearts their conscience also bearing witness and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. And this is a cool truth right here that the world who does not have the law, the Gentile world, God gave them all a conscience. And that's the beautiful thing that all of us have been created in God's image. So we all have a conscience. We all have a heart. And we're all born with the sense of of right and wrong to some extent. And that is what Paul is saying here, that the Gentile world who doesn't have the law, they're not going to be judged according to the law, but they're going to be judged according to their conscience, according to what they know to be good and what they know to be right, um, according to their lives. If we were to go to the far-reaching corners of the world and we found a tribe there that had never heard the law of God, we would find that within that tribe, and let's say it was secluded from the Western world, we would find within that tribe that even the children of that tribe respect their parents, that there's a sense of respect and honor to their parents. We would see within that tribe that uh, it's wrong to steal another man's fruit within that tribe or goods. They, it's just how do they know without ever hearing the law of God? Because they were created by the Lord. There's inst instinctually the, their conscience. They have a, there's a right and a wrong. 
you know, this world is a fallen place, and, and so there's that debate, is it right for a man to have more than one wife? Um, you know, that the world in, in, its, in its folly will debate that, but, but if you go to that tribe and you ask them if it was okay to take another man's wife, they would say, absolutely not. So the world is born with a sense of right and wrong, even if they've never heard the gospel, even if they've never heard the law. And so Paul is saying that they will be judged according to their conscience and according uh, to their, their, their hearts and between themselves, their thoughts accusing them or else excusing them in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ. There are a lot of moral non-believers, and we went over that, who, you know, are just naturally blessed with the propensity to be moral. They don't steal, they don't cheat, they don't cheat on their taxes, they're good citizens, you know. But nonetheless, even though their consciences are pretty good in comparison to other people's consciences, they're still going to be judged for their sins because this is a fallen world and their conscience is not perfect. Their conscience is not perfect. We know about our consciences that they can be seared. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 2, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. And so consciences are good, but they're not going to get you to heaven. Because everyone's conscience is different and everyone's at different levels. And so no matter how good a, or how moral a person is, the judgment of God is still coming upon them because God has taught man how to be perfect. And no one can be perfect but God. So in desperation, the whole world cries out, Jesus, help me. God, help me. I can't keep these laws. But we do live in a day where people are not listening to their consciences, it seems, more than ever. Amen? We have to pray to the Lord to help us in our own walk, that God would give us soft hearts of discernment concerning our actions. Because the conscience is really, you know, th that thing in us that helps evaluate what's right and what's wrong, and whether to do it or not do it. We who have the Holy Spirit in us, who works with our conscience to really Tell us what is right and what is wrong and how do we have to pray for more um, sensitivity to that in our lives. The longer that we go on our journey, we should be praying, Lord, help me to be sensitive, not just to other people and what other people are doing, but to my own conscience, to what I know to be right and what I know to be wrong. And to really examine myself as Christians are called to examine themselves. Christians are called to to, you know, to really look inside themselves and see if they're living right before God. And we can lose a, a sense, a sensitivity to the reality of where we're at. So we come before the Lord daily. We pour out our heart before Him. Lord, search us and know our hearts. See if there be any hurtful way in me. You know, just that every day. Try me, Lord. Test my heart. If there's anything in me that's not good, Take it from me and mold me and shape me to be more like Jesus. Help me to be sensitive 
to the conscience that you gave me and may my actions line up with thy word. Because in today's day, people are doing what seems right in their own eyes and that's going to be more and more evident as we can already tell. People have a, a, a seared conscience. That's why our country is, and our world is in the state that it's in. That we can just, you know, have a, a country that's so immoral, and yet, you know, not mourn and weep over our condition. It's really a desperate time. But that sensitivity comes by spending time with the Lord. I don't think we can ever have it without that. We can never have it. In fact, we lose our sensitivity to the things of the Spirit when we're not spending time with the Lord in prayer. Every morning, we need to seek Him. Every morning. I think of Hebrews 5.14 that has been a, a, a verse in my life that has blessed me. That reminds me that I need to exercise uh, my spiritual um, well-being and gifts. In Hebrews 5.14 it says, But solid food belongs to those who are full of age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So by way of use, by way of prayer, by way of studying, that is how our senses become more and more sensitive and more and more keen to what's right and what's wrong in our hearts. Does that make sense? By way of exercise. So it's, a, it's, it's almost like the treadmill. If you want to get on it, you'll lose some pounds. If you don't, you won't. If you pray, if you seek the Lord, then your discernment will grow stronger. Concerning what? All the things in my life? Yeah, all of them, but really starting with your own heart. Where, are, where am I? Am I being a hearer or a doer of the word? Am I, have I become religious and just go through the motions? Or am I really open for God's spirit to use me in these days? And I like what it says here, that it's their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. That's, that's serious business. Their thoughts accusing or excusing them. And then Jesus, who will judge the secrets of their hearts. That it, it's, God's not just going to judge the deeds of people, but the thoughts and the motives of people. This is why the whole world is guilty before God. That's, this is why his judgment is righteous, because they feel, well, we haven't done that bad. But God goes deeper. He goes to the secrets and the thoughts of the heart, which makes everybody guilty. Because everyone has thought a bad thought, right? A sinful thought in their life. Not me, just you guys, no. <laughs> Indeed, Paul says... You are called a Jew and rest on the law and make your boast in God and know his will and approve the things that are excellent, being instructed out of the law and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor to the foolish, a teacher of babes, having the form of knowledge and truth in the law. And so here, you know, Paul is calling out the, the religious Jews here and he's calling them out because he loves them because God loves them because no doubt God blessed them he gave them the oracles 
He gave them the miracles, the prophets, Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of that, the land of milk and honey. And, and what he's saying, he's just setting them up to like, this is what you think of yourself. You think high and arrogantly, spiritually, you boast in God that he's going to let you in because of these experiences or because of the way you think of yourself. But then he goes on in the next verses and says, but they don't keep it. You don't keep the law. But Paul is not saying this because he has some thing against them. He loves his people according to the flesh. He says it. In Romans, he says it. He says, you know, I, I would rather be accursed from Christ that my countrymen according to the flesh would be saved that the Jews would be saved so he's saying this out of love the truth hurts but it's truth and truth saves us it sets us free thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio if you're in the area come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30am and at 10.30am or Wednesday evenings at 7pm we are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills. <laughs>